Hello, everyone. How you doing? We are now back. Today is Tuesday. This is the episode where we're going to get to more into detail. We're not going to go over every single scene, but our plan is is that we're going to discuss the ramifications that our characters, the decisions that they made, and how that affects the rest of the show. We're also going to talk about surprising twists that we have seen so far this season. We're going to talk about what is our biggest disappointments. In addition to that, we're going to go over probably some social media tweets that we've seen that kind of funny to us, that, that kind of are, are relevant. And we're going to finally end up with what we expect to see next week. So um, we're going to start with me and my co-host, Andre. Yo, what is up? And Diana. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I want to give you like a nickname, like Diana B something. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I have to clear it with you first before I do that. How about so, DJ Diana? <laughs> Let me know when you decide. I have to be honest with you. Every time that I think of Diana, I think of Wonder Woman. I don't know if it's because Diana that's is. That's her name. Exactly. So. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a compliment. So thank you. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, every guy loves Wonder Woman, like, tremendously. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we go. The ramifications of our main character's decisions. That's our first thing we're going to talk about today. So, Diana, what do you see are the ramifications from the Tyrion Daenerys clan? Okay. Huh, let's see. If... So, with what's going on with Daenerys, I think, as a result of this past Sunday's episode's decisions that obviously her plan to follow Tyrion's advice and send Yara Greyjoy and Ilaria Sand out in the ships, that did not go so well. And I'm thinking that because Euron found out their plans and captured Ilaria Sand and possibly murdered Yara Greyjoy, I'm kind of worried that Daenerys is now going to switch from listening to Tyrion to listening to Olenna Tyrell, who told her, you have to be a dragon and stop listening to this guy, you know? And so I'm not really sure what that's going to mean for her. By the I way, how did Euron even find out where Yara and her fleet was? Like, how did I know that that was a big kind of plot hole? That must that have been like about. some sort of insider intelligence I, thing or something. I don't think it was. I considered this last time we talked. Khan Greyjoy knew exactly where Yara Greyjoy was going, so he probably knew that wherever they had to go, they had to, he knew where their origination point was from, so it wouldn't be hard to put himself in place for any movement westward towards Westeros. So you set up a trap, essentially. Exactly. Hmm. So, um, because because once you know the origin point and you know, and you know the end point, then you can pretty much put yourself between those two points in a way where you can intercept them whenever, whenever they came across. I suppose, but I could definitely see how, you know, the Greyjoys that Yara has on her fleet could possibly give away information to you know the other half of the Greyjoys. I mean, it's a civil war. I could definitely see how that that could happen too. Yeah, I guess it's not really a secret who joined Daenerys. I think word has reached or word had reached Westeros about what was going on in Essos, who had joined her. Obviously Cersei knows that the Tyrells joined her, so it's pretty safe to say that she gained intel that Yara Greyjoy also joined her. So with that Having been said, I suppose Euron 
knowing that she was with Daenerys, everyone knows that Daenerys is at Dragonstone now, so he could have sort of traced the steps and, yeah, you know, kind of been waiting for them to leave. Going uh, back to Diana's original point, though, that, you know, the ramification being that Daenerys would, you know, stop listening to Tyrion and then begin listening to Lady Alana. I am not convinced of that. If I could push back on your point, like, it didn't mean that Tyrion's plan, you know, was fail safe or was fireproof. You know what I mean? It's just this one segment, you know, this went awry. But in all honesty, the most important portion of that plan has yet to be implemented. And that was sending, you know, all the armies of the Tyrells and the Martells. Um, the Unsullied. The Unsullied um, to uh, attack Castle Rock, like all of that stuff, kind of hasn't changed yet. Obviously, it took um, the Martells off the board, but kind of the yeah, main part I, of the plan is still in play, isn't it? Yes, but a, a big loss has been had to their whole team. I mean, these are two of the leaders at the War Council. Council. Uh, these are both people who brought a tremendous right. amount of support from their respective lands. Very so influential with- women. Right, exactly. So with Alaria Sand gone, are the rest of the Dornish people going to stay with them or are they going to head back home? We don't really know. And right. same What's with the power vacuum there. Right, exactly. And same with the Ironborn. Um, I'm not even sure. We don't even know yet as of this point. Is Euron and his fleet just going to take them and go and leave the the rest of the Ironborn army? Or are they going to sit there on this on the water and try to kill every last one of them before they head back to Cersei. We don't know that right. yet. So. Or, or re-implement it or re-impress them into their service. Right, exactly. Well, um, we have a saying in my industry, and they call it pound the table. Whenever someone says pound the table, I'm pounding the table, that basically emphatically means that you can take this prediction and you can pretty much count on it. So I'm going to begin, I'm pounding the table on this prediction in that um, Daenerys is going to go ham, ham wild, just going to be reckless, not going to be smart, not going to take Tyrion's advice, and it's going to cause her... I know you don't. That's why I say I'm pounding the table on it. That's just what it means. (laughs) Well, but (laughs) listen listen to me, please. You know what I mean? Huh? Go ahead. No, what about last season? What were we saying? I mean, Daenerys and Tyrion had a very uh, close and important discussion about their roles last, at the end of last season, the season finale. She made him hand of the king. Not one mistake or one misstep, it, even if you could call this a mistake, I wouldn't even categorize this as a mistake. One misstep, even, is not going to take the hand away. She's hasn't shown that she's that kind of leader or that kind of ruler that one you know small setback is going to send her over the edge that's true I to- and I-, I-, I totally agree with everything you're saying and in a logical world she would she would logically proceed on her you know journey and take his advice and continue to achieve but remember this is the game of thrones from the very first season up until now Nothing has ever gone according to plan. And the plan has been 
plan has been set in stone for Daenerys from the very first moment. She has achieved, 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 achieved. Now that she's back at Dragonstone, I see this thing going totally left. And the only way that that can be derailed is if something inside of her brain that she has this tar- this Targaryen crazy gene that gets activated and begins to affect her decisions. I take your point, I- but he- go ahead, Diana. You go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say, I, I agree with you that that's a possibility, and I think that would be really interesting to see. However, one thing that we failed to discuss so far is the fact that Jon Snow is going down to meet with her. So once they have an alliance, don't you think that that might be a little bit of a protection against... Well, I, in the in the sense that, do you really think Jon would let her, once they have an alliance, make terrible decisions? Okay. Don't, let's, don't you think he could be kind of a voice of reason? Everything you're saying is correct. But imagine if we were in the first season and Ned Stark is counseling Robert Baratheon. We will all say, now that Ned Stark is there, he could be the voice of reason and they can create an alliance and this, that, and the other. And what happens? It totally went into a whole left field where we don't know. Yeah, but Robert was not the kind of leader who was doing any leading whatsoever. He was drunk he was uh lazy he was um sleeping around with other women he hated his wife he resented the people around him he was not in a position where he was a sound leader this is a very different situation and i totally agree with everything you're saying i'm simply saying that if we were to go on the pattern of the writing of this episode or the writing of this series it does not it does not prelude everything going according to plan. Right. And, yeah, the, and the way that and the way that you guys are discussing Daenerys and Jon Snow, that is going according to plan, and it's not going to go that way. That's true. Yeah, but that's y- true. you said something earlier that I was going to push back on. You said Daenerys. You said something like she achieved, 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 achieved. Where I disagree with you on that point. I think she would take one step forward and often would take one step back. So she, you know, she uh, had a great success at Yankai. She got to Marine. It looked great. But, you know, there was a lot of uh, dissent in that city. It took a long time for her to get to a place where, uh, you know, there was peace in that city. It wasn't until the Red Priests, the Red Priests came. You know what I mean? And No, I was, totally disagree with you. I mean, I mean, Daenerys reminds me of, if you're biblically inclined, to Joseph, where Joseph would would go forward and then get caught up into something and then that thing he was caught up in actually propelled his career to one day where he became okay. the second in charge I see, that's the same that's, thing Daenerys did that's different than the yeah okay you said Chi Chief Chief that's what I'm saying that he it wasn't necessarily should, that clean I think we should all agree to disagree I, I think that John has a point where we all think everything's the, every every show watcher thinks that the show is going in the direction of Daenerys right. is going to win everything she has the dragons and it's a very valid argument to make that it's quite possible with the way the show has been so unexpected, and that's what we love about it, that things will not go as planned for Daenerys. So I I kind of secretly hope that that's going to happen just because it would make things interesting. Right, that's a good point. Yeah. And I just have one more point to this. The more I really consider this, is the world big enough for Jon Snow and Daenerys? I don't, I don't think so. That's why, well... I've already told you guys my outlandish theory, but <laughs> I think well, only your theory is my theory. It. Yeah, right. I, your theory is my theory. Daenerys is going to go ham, and Jon Snow is going to have to quell the rebellion. Right. Yeah, that's what I think will happen. So moving on, 
Um, do you guys think, Dre, Andre, do you think that Sansa is losing faith in Jon Snow? I don't know if it's losing faith. I think it's losing trust. I think she is seeing... Well, There, you know, to be honest, there wasn't a very good um, basis of trust from the beginning. Like, even the fact that John won the Battle of the Bastards was on the premise that another, you know, another kingdom's army came in and prevailed against the Boltons. That Sansa had the, held that back from John. The, the mere fact that they're even in Winterfell was based upon... I, I'm not going to say a lie, but a withholding of truth. And I think that has sowed seeds for John to not quite trust Sansa. And in turn, Sansa is seeing these decisions that John is making. And I don't know. I think this is ripe for opportunity for, for uh, we talked about this before, but for Littlefinger to come in, I think Littlefinger is going to come in and uh, start manipulating Sansa again. What do you guys think? So I have I have a question for you guys. So at work this week, I was having some conversations about Game of Thrones with one of my favorite coworkers. Shout out to Trumaine. And my friend Trumaine has this theory that he brought up to me, which I had never thought about before. And it made me think a little bit. So he has this theory that possibly Sansa is intentionally publicly expressing doubts in her brother's decisions in order to possibly throw off Littlefinger, knowing, because she she keeps making the audience aware, the Watchers aware that she is very well aware of Littlefinger's deception and how manipulative he is. Yeah. Is it possible that she's attempting to one up Littlefinger by kind of trying to play him, knowing that he's going, that he's trying to play her? Because don't you think hmm. it's a little bit like the level to which she has been publicly? sort of, I don't want to say humiliating her, her brother, but publicly not agreeing with him is a little bit... To me, almost... that's a stretch. I don't know about you guys. That's a little... You think so? Too much of a stretch, but I, I give credence to it in the sense that I'll, I'll put that on the shelf and say, okay, that's a possibility. But to me, sometimes I think the simplest answer is the right one, and that's just that she does not understand what it means to rule... John knows what it means. He saw his father do it. He was trained by his father. He saw, you know, he saw his brother Rob being groomed for it. And, you know, he saw, you know, Lord Commander Mormont do it. He studied directly under him, and then he became Lord Commander. He's been doing it and been involved with it for a long time. Sansa has, up to literally a few days ago, has been manipulated <laughs> by everybody. Finally, she has some freedom, and it's no wonder that she's not quote-unquote doing it correctly you know what i mean to me that seems to be the simplest answer and the most likely now what right, do the show writers want to do i don't know but that yeah. seems most i guess likely. that i guess that would be giving a little bit uh assuming that she's maybe a little bit more intelligent than she is shout, shout out to Trumaine. that was a good theory <laughs> it was a good theory he he also I has this theory he also has another theory which i'd like to mention i don't, <laughs> I don't know if i really believe this one but he thinks that do you guys think it's possible that Littlefinger this whole time, this whole series up until now, has been solely motivated by his carnal desires? <laughs> because the first few seasons, is it possible that every single decision he made was just so that he could get with Catelyn? And yes. as soon as she died, every little decision he's making is well, just to get with His backstory is so important on this. Like, his childhood in the Eerie, you know, idolizing Cat was... that's. 
kind of who he is. If you take every character and say, okay, who is this person? How did they develop? What is their like main motivation? Catelyn was that person. Even right, manipulating his her sister was part of that. Do, do you think that his love for her was so intense that every single decision he made, starting from poisoning uh, Liza's husband, was only for the sole purpose of and trying to end up with Kat, as opposed to, I don't know, essentially, do you think we're giving him, the show gives him more credit than he's than he's owed for being clever and trying to trying to accomplish power when in reality all he really wants is to be with a woman that I, he... I think it could be both like yes that is his primary motivation Catelyn was his primary motivation he knew that would get Ned Stark down to King's Landing and probably he knew that would mean he got murdered and you know he didn't back him up when it came time to do that but Yes, that was his primary motivation, but at the same time, he pl- knew how to play the game. He wanted to sit the Iron Throne. So, the, you know, that's another part of his motivation. So, he knew how to play the game. He was the best at it. And Catelyn. Yeah. That's, that's the way I see it. Right. Yeah, no, that's the way I see it as well. I, I think it's a combination of Catelyn and also uh, a yearning for power. So... I guess we'll- um, sh- shout out to the people listening. Um, those are pretty good theories, and um, you have to consider that because once again, the Game of Thrones never goes as it's supposed to go, and you always have second and third kind of um, motivations that are always underneath the surface. So, um, shout out yeah. and, and pretty good, yep. pretty good observation from, from from both of them. Now, let me ask you guys something, Diana. What is your most surprising twist so far this season? Is it that Arya decided to continue to be a lone wolf? Or is it uh, Miss Al- I always have a problem pronouncing her name. Melisandre. So, Melisandre, yes, revealing her theory. Was it Cersei allying herself with Euron? Was it the Hound? The Death? What is your most surprising twist so far this season? Uh, so I think I think the biggest piece of news that has been revealed to watchers of this season is the the re- big reveal that Melisandre thinks that Daenerys and Jon Snow combined will fulfill the Azor Ahai slash Prince That Was Promised prophecy. That on paper is kind of like, wow, this is actually happening because bookers and fans of the show have been discussing that for for years now. So the fact that they kind of finally threw that into one of the episodes and it's actually for real that it might be true that both of them will pair up and fulfill this prophecy was the biggest news. But in the same sense, I, w- I don't know if that's the most surprising for me because of the same exact reasons, because everyone's been discussing it and analyzing it for years. Um, so I think it was huge news, but I don't know if that was the most surprising twist for me. Um, probably, uh, this is a hard one. Uh, I mean, I thought, I guess one of the most surprising twists to me probably would be the Hound, yeah. I mean, the fact that I he's agree with becoming... You yeah the fact that he's becoming a major character they're really giving him his own storyline they're following him in the first episode i missed him this last episode i really missed him this last episode too i'm still Uh, surprised he's alive after almost getting killed by (laughs) but other than that yeah exactly Uh uh-huh right yeah so 
I think I said this after the recap of the first episode. I think he he might have gotten the most screen time was the scene f- dedicated to the Hound in the first episode. Yeah. So it's pretty clear that they're making a major character of him. And the fact that they made him be capable of seeing visions, possibly from the Lord of Light. I mean, that that's some big stuff right there. I'm interested yeah. to see where that goes. Well, what if about you, you guys? If you remember last year, though, the Hound has some pretty major storylines when, when he was being, um, when he was being healed and and recovering, he was with that yeah. group that he had found, and that I mean religious that, group. Yeah, that was a lo- that was a lot of screen time actually, yeah. and to the point where they they even showed him taking vengeance and continuing on down. So, um, I mean, I for me for my most surprising twist i I guess i would have mentioned the hound being able to see these visions you know looking Mm -hmm. at the fire and like wow whatever this quote-unquote lord of light is or represents there's something in this universe to it like he's used the hound who's done all these awful terrible unspeakable things to people and quote-unquote is redeeming him that right. is a huge twist. And then I guess we talked about it a little bit already, but to me the biggest twist, I guess we kind of saw it at the beginning of last year, but uh, just seeing Sansa and John break so drastically in a, such mm-hmm. a public manner so far as for him to announce publicly that he's leaving without her knowledge, to me that's going to have, I don't know, that's going to be really significant. And it's gonna, that was surprising. Yeah. I can't, um, it's surprising, but when I look back on it, it's more of, that's how I would expect her to react after the traumatic experiences she went through, that she can't be a normal, happy-go-lucky, easygoing flow personality, because she's just been through one of the most horrific experiences twice. Right. What's interesting, Um, now, that's kind of a parallel. Sansa has gone through some horrible, horrific experiences, and she's kind of regressing a little bit. But also, on the other end, you know, in parallel, um, Theon Greyjoy... You know, had some awful things happen to him, and things were starting to look a little bit better, just like for Sansa. And then he regressed in a very dramatic way, um, mm-hmm. in a very cowardice, you know, display running, uh, or in this case, jumping. Jumping off the ship. I mean, you talk about jump ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that literally jump ship. Yeah, right. I mean, he, I mean, he he had to clear. He had to clear himself. Some 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 debris over there too. It was just an easy jump. <laughs> I mean, At least yeah, he knows he, how to swim. At least yeah. I think he does. <laughs> he I had to run the jump. Iron Four know how to swim. <laughs> I tell you what, though, every time I see ships now, on Game of Thrones, I say it's not going to end well. It never ends the way you expect it to. <laughs> yeah, the ships the ships are pretty much symbolic at this point of death, destruction, and war, because we never see ship scenes that aren't a battle. <laughs> so. It's never a good thing. It's true. Um, speak, uh, speaking of social media, this reminds me, and I'm going to have to make sure I record who, who said these things because this one I lost, the person who said it. But um, someone said that, someone tweeted that if Cersei, okay, someone tweeted this, this kind of brings it up. Someone tweeted that Cersei is getting upset that Daenerys wants to take over all of the Seven Kingdoms when she just blew up half of Westeros herself. I did the work on this. Huh? She's like, I did the work on this. I blew it on myself. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. So, um, 
I still can't get over the fact that that even happened, by the way. I, I think, I, honestly, out of the whole series, aside from the Red Wedding, I mean, that probably was the biggest thing after the Red Wedding, of course. The Red Wedding, nothing can ever top that in terms of no one was expecting it. Ridiculousness for this show, but Cersei blowing up uh, everyone that she knew was probably one of the most surprising things in the show so far. Yeah. Every si- exactly. Every single plot point takes a direction that we cannot see every single time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, true. this show has excellent writing where most most times you can pretty much guess what's going to happen or be somewhere in the neighborhood. But with Game of Thrones, you're not anywhere near in the neighborhood about what's going to happen. That's true. <laughs> Imagine if they decide to just screw all the viewers and just have one become a White Walker, and that's how it ends. Everyone, <laughs> the undead win. The White Walkers have won the throne. Everyone but Samuel Tarley. <laughs> <laughs> and Samuel Tarley, he lives in a cave. The last he, remaining human. With, with and Gilly. He, and they had to repopulate the earth. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Sam, I want to kind of go back to what we were talking about first when we were talking about what are the ramifications of some of the decisions we saw in the last episode. Okay. And I wanted to know what you guys think of what you think will is going to happen to Sam as a result of him performing surgery on Dora. Because even if he succeeds with the surgery and everything goes well and he survives and Dora survives, won't the Citadel throw him out as a result of him being completely disobedient? I mean, not, he was flat Not out if cold. he's successful. Is he, if he's successful, all of a sudden, like, we see him right now at the Citadel being, like, the lowliest of the low. But we know him as, like, he's the smartest guy in the room wherever he goes. I think this is going to mean that he's going to have credibility. He's going to get like his medical master's chain or something like right away. Really? He's going to, I think it will. I kind of see the opposite happening for some reason. Cause I feel like everything at the Citadel is so regimented and uh, you know, he's it's kind of like pledging a fraternity. You just kind of are, are no one. And he's, he's really early on in his training as well. So I feel like him blatantly disobeying his superior who told him you know don't don't touch this guy don't do anything he he's way going out of his yeah. I, I don't know i'm kind of kind of frightened for him i feel like he's i kind of feel like he's going to get thrown out of the citadel but on after he gets thrown out he's going to find some way to get into the restricted section of the library and steal the, the knowledge that he needs and then he's kind of going to go back to the to the wall and even though he won't have his maester's chain, he'll have some huge knowledge base to, uh-huh. to help them out with or something. This is what I do know. I do know that the force is with Sam Tarly, the same forces <laughs> in Star Wars. <laughs> and whatever happens to Samuel Tarly, believe me, the force is directing him where they, if they kick him out, he has, he's going to go in the right place where he has to be. Also, doesn't... Did we... I'm not sure if they ever discussed this. Probably in the books they did, but I can't remember. But we don't. I'm assuming that this whole maester training takes years, many years. It has to. Well, everything takes years. years really, yes. Honestly. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, it it sounds like a getting three PhDs in a row sort of time commitment. Right. But, but they do. The same, they do kick people out because Cersei's maester was kicked out of the program for experimenting. Well, right, I think he true. became a maester and then was asked. Right, then he re- lost his, his chains. Yeah. Lost, yeah. Kind of like a doctor losing his license or whatever. But anyway, based on the amount of years that he would have to put in to be a maester, and 
add on to that the fact that they made a specific point to show that he has his father's Valyrian steel sword. Don't you think that that is kind of a sign that he's going to be leaving sometime soon? Because the sword has to come into play. You know, this Valyrian sword and the fact that he stole it and they showed it in the show... That means that it has some significance and that he's going to be using it. Yeah. And that makes me think that he's going to be on his way soon, somewhat soonish, to go back and join up with John and go back to the wall. So the only reasonable link for why he might leave, to me, it makes sense that he would get thrown out of the Citadel for doing what he did. So on another podcast, Eric, by the way, who works with you, who talked about how long a podcast was, was it Eric? <laughs> Yes, Eric. Eric, we will discuss this on another podcast to keep this one in the time frame we wanted to. But I want to discuss the nuances of the maester that was there originally, the older guy. Uh, uh, I don't know his name. Are you talking about the one that's Maester Eamon you're talking about? Yes, oh, he's a Targaryen. He, he gave wanna, up his I, right to be king. No, 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 no. The maester that was at the... The maester, the maester that was reporting to Cersei. Oh, be, be, uh-huh. oh, Grand Maester Pycelle. Pycelle. Yes, yes, exactly. I want to discuss Grand Maester Pycelle and his kooky kind of personality. How at I don't know, another podcast, you know, how he always wanted to act like he was old and you know and couldn't move and just is just oh, how I, I know, but it was funny. His character. Yeah, he was fun. Well, I mean, his whole his whole. Oh, I'm old and senile. That that was all just an act. He was exactly was plotting and everything. But to be honest, he was one of those characters that I never really, you never really knew what his, you know, what his, who he who who he was actually supporting, yeah. and what his intentions were. Like I remember, even after reading the books and reading online communities, Game of Thrones, and being very involved and keeping up with things. Every year, at some point, I would have to Google, <laughs> who is Grand Maester Pycelle? Or, like, what are what are Grand Maester Pycelle's intentions? Because yeah. I just never, I would always forget or, like, just be confused. I never really understood where he fit into the story. I think he just wanted to be in proximity to power. He didn't really care. He said he Precisely. was loyal to the Lannisters, but he just kind of right. wanted to be important. Yeah, but, I, think, I think he just kind of wanted to survive, and therefore he he supported whoever had the most power and whoever had the most likelihood to win. Essentially, that's what it seemed like. But totally agree. But this is what I want to share on another podcast. I want to talk about minor characters and and their nuances on a, on a separate podcast for the future. Okay. Yeah, we'll discuss that later. At a later okay, day. so Andre, what is your biggest uh, surprise so far this season? Was it the same as Diana's? Um, I guess I kind of said. Sansa. Uh-huh. And, oh, yes, you uh, did. Oh, yeah, yes, you did. That. You can cut that out. Okay, so, Diana, what is your biggest disappointment this season? Oh, well, as much as I love the show, I could probably say quite a few. Um, let's see. All right. Can you clarify One, the question? Do you mean, like, disappointment in something that should have happened and the show didn't go right in the show, or disappointment in, you know, one of the characters, the way they acted or behaved? No, I don't want to qualify. I want to, what's your biggest disappointment? Just anything. Anything. All right. Well, like, since this overall is a, impression. Yeah. Since this is a very open question, I will say that I want more Tyrion. I need more Tyrion in my life. I miss Tyrion as a character the way he was in the early seasons. He yeah. had so much screen time. There were so many scenes about him. I mean, come on. Everyone loves Tyrion. He's everyone's favorite character. Well, a lot of people's favorite character. And I kind of miss just seeing him 
be clever Tyrion instead of just oh for for two minutes every episode see him say something to Daenerys and and that's it so I want to see more of Tyrion that has kind of been disappointing to me this season that he's been neglected as a character now now Diana let me let me me delve into that really quick do you see that that is the possibly the genesis of where the show is going for the next for the entire season is that they are dispensing with small niceties and cleverness and they are going with big characters with big themes going in in a different direction like they're concentrating on on Daenerys and I think she's going to go in a negative direction they're concentrating on Cersei where she's going I mean yeah I yeah I mean uh, thus far obviously there's only been two episodes so it's hard to really say so far or to judge the season at all whatsoever because it's only been two episodes but it seems so far that they're focusing on Cersei Daenerys and Jon Snow and everyone else Oh, that's true. Arya. Yeah, that's true. Arya. Arya sort of as well. But everyone else is kind of a supplementary character that's just Uh kind of supporting whatever goes on with those characters. And I'm kind of sad to see that Tyrion's not one of those main characters. Ever since he... Because he was his own main character all of the other seasons. Separate He was the leader of his own storyline. Yes. And... He had his own supporting characters like Braun and and whatnot, but he was a main oh, I miss character. I know I miss Braun too. I, I know Braun is that's Braun, that, Sarah Braun of the Blackwater. I, I can't I wait. Him. I can't wait until I say what, what my big what my biggest disappointment is because it goes right into that. But go ahead. So what what is yours, Andre? Uh, I have two. One is obviously at the end of this last episode, uh, Theon jumping ship that was just a gut punch like i i haven't remembered feeling like obviously the red wedding i felt gut punch when the septa baylor was blown up i felt gut punch but this is like gut punch in such disappointment in a very particular person for a very particular thing and it just was i felt shameful like i felt ashamed for him that's like a fake character I, i felt ashamed that was terrible um and the second one was kind of seeing you know where the Iron Throne is at right now and having the Lannisters be in control of that, there was always some redeeming quality about the Lannisters, even though, yes, they were, you know, the worst house, the they had the worst ethics and morals, but there was some little small redeeming character trait about yes. them, whether it was their, you know, paying their debts or whether it's Jamie, you know, uh, entreating with the Blackfish directly or you know, name your thing. Right now, they got nothing there's no redeeming quality about that it's not a very good storyline because the whole point of the show is people do things for power and position some people are good some people are bad but most people are both and the Lannisters right now are just bad you know feel free to push back on me on that but no I completely agree actually I I mean I I didn't think about that but now that you've said that I kind of wish that had been my answer because the Lannisters' decline as viable villains has really been a huge disappointment to me this season. It's like ever since ever since Cersei blew everyone up, she's just she's got no enemies. Therefore, she has no scenes showing how cruel she is, you know. And I just right. feel like oh, I just miss the Lannisters. Like I miss them in their heyday. They were the best villains. Do you guys think I that just, Tyrion will be installed as the Lord of Casterly Rock someday. I think so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I I, I don't agree. Um, what? yeah, I think um, I'm going to go with my chaos. Alive. My chaos theory is that yeah. whatever I think, 
John just thinks everyone's gonna die. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not that. Did you guys ever used to watch Seinfeld? I love Seinfeld. You ever? You, you, what about you dying? Not, not you so much. Uh, I've seen a good amount of episodes. Not every single one, but okay. Do you remember the episode where George did everything opposite and everything worked out for him? Yes. I think that everything that we think is going to happen, I think I'm going to think the opposite. So <laughs> Tyrion, instead of him being Lord of Castle Rock, I think he's going to die at Castle Rock. No. What if Castle because... Rock became the next Harrenhal, where it was just a hollowed out, you know, rubble? Uh, I mean, it could be after Daenerys gets to it, for all we know. Yeah, I'm thinking, as I said, um, this, this show from the very beginning has been the complete opposite of what I of where I thought it was going from the very beginning. So I'm going to get on the train and and catch up and say I believe that Tyrion is not going to make it through the entirety of the show. Oh man, I do not like that. I I definitely think that Yes, I think there's going to be some chaos, and like I said, I agree with you on the whole Daenerys thing, but there's got to be some characters that we love that they're going to keep around, otherwise people would just regard this show as being having one of the worst endings of any show, aside yeah. from Dexter. And Nothing you, don't, Dexter. you don't think that killing Tyrion with, with the castle, with the, with, what's that what's that violin song that they play whenever someone dies? The Reigns of, Reigns Castamere. of Castamere. You, don't, you Castamere. don't think that a scene with Tyrion dying with the Reigns of Castamere playing in the background well, two things. Any, two things. It's not number emotional one. kind of impact. That number you, one, you it wouldn't to, really make sense for the Reigns of Castamere to be playing while he's dying because he's he represents the Lannisters in that song, the Lannisters that killed the Reigns. And two, we don't see much of Tyrion anymore. Like, if if we saw Tyrion a lot, we would start to care about him more again, and true. that's when they would kill yeah. him. That's true. Okay, I so... First of all, I don't uh, see him as being one of the characters on the chopping block. I just don't. I think he's gonna make it. John, as a side I, question, are you familiar with who, with who the Reigns are? Um, as a side question, as an as for another podcast, because I have no idea. That'll be that'll be fun. Yeah, that that would be fun because you just totally schooled me, and um, I, I I love it. So um, my biggest disappointment is the way that they're handling all of my warriors on the uh on this show. We just mentioned Braun of the Blackwater. We haven't seen him at all. He was one of my favorite characters. Uh, what's another warrior? Um, Jamie. No, not not Jamie, because I think I think Jamie's actually redeeming himself. Uh, Grey Worm, Grey Worm is turned out to be some kind of guy <laughs> kind you would of, see you would see pansy. on Lifetime television. He did one know. thing. He's been like um he's been like a beast so up until that one moment. He's about and to go to war. Wuss. He's about to go to war. He said, "I'll just see fear Listen, now." If you're going Let's to go war, to you fear. best get laid before you go to war, man. That's how he- it goes. No, you. If you want to get laid, you get laid like Dario Naharis. That's how you oh, get yeah. laid. I wonder, like him. I wonder what Dario Naharis is up to. That's precisely. He's keeping the peace. That's another got- warrior they left behind. So my disappointment is they're turning on all, all my warriors into lifetime, you know, characters that just fall in love and have fear and feelings and all that. And I don't like it. So warriors that biggest. are human are the worst. Exactly. Wait, so speaking of Daria Naharis, that, that reminds me. Do you guys remember the prophecy with Daenerys that um, that she's going to be be- uh, betrayed three times? One for, what was it? It was like one for life, one to bed, one for blood. 
Yes. Do you remember that theory? That hasn't that. been completely fulfilled yet, right? No, it hasn't. So, who do you think that's close to Daenerys is going to be the one to betray her now? That's what I'm curious about. For that's some reason, I always thought it was good. For some reason, I always thought it was going to be Dario. I thought there was going to be something with Dario that she was going to, you know, fall in love with him, and then he was going to somehow betray her, and there would be some huge loss. But now that he's over there in Essos, he's here in Westeros. Uh, I don't know, but that's but kind that, of like a. I agree Sorry, with you. That that could be a plot turning chaos theory that Cersei goes over there. It actually gets him and the rest of the lords that no, were wrong. Let me finish. Let me she finish. doesn't even know about him. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, <Nuh-uh, laughs> <Continue. laughs> go ahead. Diana's raiders take her. Take her Valerian's sword across the digital airwaves. Just getting a little bit too outlandish. Cersei okay. doesn't know about Dario and Aharis. They have no relation to each other. Okay, forget. There might him. be some intel on it though. Oh, actually. Well, you know what? Okay, now I take all that back. Now I feel really bad because you know what? That would be actually a really interesting twist. What if, okay, maybe I don't agree with you on the fact that Cersei goes and gets him because I don't think she knows him. But what if, what if he goes to her? What if he is all butthurt over the fact that Daenerys essentially rejected him? And what if he decides to somehow join Cersei? And that's the next betrayal. And I, I have been wondering. Okay, now. Well, yeah, they are. They are cell swords. I could see them maybe being offered a good bit of coin. And on top of that, I have been wondering. Something's been bothering me since the beginning of this season. Is that who can Cersei line up with other than the Greyjoys? And there's a whole group of people on the other side of the world that really do, 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 does not like Daenerys. A lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of manpower. That's true. You know, I I hadn't really thought about that up until now. Also, as a sideline, I just uh, Googled the actual prophecy. So this is the actual three treasons prophecy that was told to Daenerys. It said, three fires must you light, one for life and one for death and one to love. Three mounts must you ride, one to bed and one to dread and one to love. Three treasons you, will you know, once for blood, and once for gold, and once for love. So we have the one for gold already. That would have been Jorah, right? Yes. Huh, yeah. So, so now, that, now, now that you sheath your Valerian sword, Diana, can you... <laughs> <laughs> I think that I'm onto something. Yeah, I mean, you know what? You actually might be. I just, I just don't agree with you that Cersei is gonna go leave King's Landing and go obtain him. But I well, think that I, I, I'm sorry, a- I'm sorry if it's not the exact way. Like this is a prophecy, <laughs> so sorry if I'm not exact on the details of the, it. The logistics <laughs> of that trip just would not actually be. Sorry, sorry for that. that <laughs> you, you've broken that her. Part. The the logical part of her brain just hurt. The logical part of her brain it just cracked. <laughs> it just totally this, cracked. This will not happen. <laughs> But yeah, that wouldn't that be interesting though? If if the if Dario Naharis betrays her in a huge way like that, I could actually see that happening. That would be really and and he brings with him all of the lords that brought that that originally Sons were of the harpy. Uh huh. Of the harpy. What if he musters them all up and then they come to Westeros and they join Daenerys's enemy? That would be yes. interesting. I mean, I could see him making some sort of deal with the Sons of the Harpy to keep the peace. You know, in Marine, and slowly over time, even not much time actually, 
the second sons and the sons of the harpy become friends. So I have to say, I'm I'm feeling pretty good that I got a, I got a, I got a. You got a fan got, theory going on here. Yeah, some I got credibility. a good fan theory going on. That 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 the one that, that you Diana guys was like, of, <laughs> at first at first I was like, nope, there's no way. But then as I listened to it, I was like, wait, you know what? After as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going to be on the internet searching this theory. I want to see if anyone else has said anything about this. You should ask Tremaine. Yeah, Tremaine actually is pretty well read in uh, Game of Thrones, but. So I want I want the credit. Uh, John Funderburg, the novice here. <laughs> I'll let you know what my uh, what my search results. Oh, I, in. I, I guarantee you'll let me know. Probably the, as soon as you search it, I'll probably get a text, probably get an email message with bullet hey, points. <laughs> Except it won't sound like a nerd. It'll sound which like... I love that. Oh, by the way, Diana, I love that. By the way, I I mean that's like I'm I'm all with that. The more information you pre- you present, the better. I love it so much. Okay, so now that we've discussed our bit our biggest disappointment, there's something I really I, I kind of want to ask you guys what you expect next week. But there's a question I want to ask you before that, and the question is this: This season is only seven episodes long, with the following season beginning. I guess you're gonna you, you'll let me know. But how do you feel about the short season? Are you disappointed, or what do you what are your thoughts yeah, about it? I'm definitely disappointed. I mean, it feels like we're getting just a taste. Like, look, think of it. We've seen only two episodes. We're kind of like a third of the way through this year's allotment of episodes. It's very disappointed. We're only getting a taste. I feel like we're not getting that full entree. You know what I mean? That full season, and you know, it's just it's disappointing. But I guess the other side of the coin of that, like the positive thing is the showrunners are able to put that much more time into each episode. So instead of worrying about 10, 12, or 13 episodes, they're focusing on seven. Take 12 months to make seven episodes. You know, when is the next seven episodes come out, I guess? So so apparently season eight isn't coming out until literally a year from now it's not going to be until late 2018 early 2019 so So i guess that's 14 15 months to make seven more episodes so it's it's actually not even seven six uh, episodes how many six episodes six episodes so two months maybe three months per episode my expectations for next year are through the roof this will be essentially a movie each week which it is already but you know Hopefully, the production will reach that point where they're able to spend the resources and time on that. But, man, I really would have preferred there to be, you know, seven plus six this year, all 13 all yeah. at once. That's the standard HBO season is between 10 and 13 episodes. Right. Yeah, they're just trying to milk all of the paraphernalia and goods and everything for another year, essentially. It's just like a financial decision that makes more sense for them, which kind of sucks for us. I mean, yeah, finan- I'd, I'd, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Now, financially, you spent you spread their costs over two years, too. But yeah. Oh, yeah, and that. Good point. But yeah, I, I'm disappointed that it's going to be two separate, se- separate short seasons. I would much rather see it as one long season. But I'm also mildly happy about it because i apparently i'm in the i'm the worst game of thrones fan ever and prior to literally a week ago i was under the assumption that this seven episode season was the last season six more <laughs> <laughs> like i i promise you guys i'm very well read on the books and the show but when it comes to logistics how many episodes when they're premiering dates and and things like that about the network i didn't really keep up with it so i didn't even really know 
how many episodes we're going to be in this season until we started recording the podcast. And I just found out that there's even going to be a second season after this. So this whole time, up until recently, I thought this was the last season. So I'm sort of happy that I found out there's more to come. But yeah, I would have rather it been one long season. Well, I have to say that I like the um, seven episode season because recently two kind of mediums kind of gave me a appreciation for the shorter season but but more impactful episode and those two mediums are one comic books which I'm getting now back into and in that um, you read a, a uh, 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 you, you, you'll read like one comic book per month for and it's such a small amount of information but you turn you learn to like it and to appreciate it versus a whole lot of information or a whole lot of episodes to kind of go through and yeah. um watching um better call saw which has so many so many details into one episode and the way that it's shot that you appreciate that you don't have uh a lot of qu- quantity because it really affects the quality and now we are basically watching a movie every single week of, of great detail it's so smooth that there are very few plot holes there are very few um errors uh, everything is just done extremely well that like the fight scene we saw last week was so top notch that you can just rewatch it over and over and over again yeah and so i like the i like i, I like the fact there's only seven episodes because it also moves the story along. You don't have a lot of fluff where um, you don't have a lot of conversations that don't, that don't mean anything to the story. I love conversations that don't mean anything to the yeah. story. I mean, it's if like, it's a show I love, the more of it that exists, the better. So I'll always... John, the books are more. full of conversations that have nothing to do with the story. It's like... <laughs> it's crazy, Typical man. fantasy novels. It's like... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a different medium, though. I mean, because, like, I'm a big Walking Dead fan, and I'm kind of trying to... I'm thinking about kidnapping you guys and force-feeding you these episodes over again as I narrate it to get you to like it, but... (laughs) That's not even the best zombie show on TV. Walking Dead used to be a good show, and now it's just terrible. This is a a talk for another podcast. But, yeah, that's definitely a talk for another time. (laughs) We could talk about that. All all I'm saying is, is that... All I'm saying is that the books on The Walking Dead, the comic books and and the books they have on it, is so much more deeper that I know what you guys are talking about. But the TV is a different medium, so right. exactly, like, I totally every... agree with you. Yeah, yeah. But I like I I, I, I like the I like the way they I, I, I like the way they did it. I, I'm I'm enjoying only having a seven episode of the season. I really am. So. Mm. That will be to be decided after the end of the seven episodes. I don't know. I just feel like after the end of seven, I'm just going to be it's just not so heartbroken. I was like, all right, I'm ready for episode eight now. I know. And then it's going to be like, oh, wait, you got to wait another year. Yeah. I'm wondering what happens. So, hey, at least we aren't waiting for the books to be written. There's a guy at work I know who is waiting for all the books to be written and released. Oh, before my God. Even, yes. Like, watches What's up any with more. That? So he's That's watched the worst like, idea. Yeah. He only watched it's like the- five seasons and stopped. Right. It's the worst idea ever because this show is so huge that you can't hide from the spoilers. So when at the end of the final season of this show, when everyone finds out which major players died, like, for example, if Daenerys dies, that's going to be so all over television, talk shows, radio, Internet. There's going to be no hiding from it. So I don't understand these people that are huge fans of the books that are like, oh, no, I don't want it to ruin the book. These like people. The, 
Right. Like, the book is not going to come out for possibly forever because George R. R. Martin just will not write it. So I wouldn't be willing to wait forever to put off watching the show because, you know, I don't know. The but funny part me. is he's not going to hear that rant about this, that he's doing no, that. No, he will not. Until, like, years from now when he watches his show and then he's like, oh, remember when they did a podcast? I'm going to listen to it now. <laughs> True story. Uh, so um, we, we are going to end on this question here. And before I ask you the question, um, we're going to have probably a guest next week. I, I have a good friend of mine that she really does not like Daenerys. And I was like, you have to come on the show because I don't know anybody that really hates Daenerys as far as the – not this season's Daenerys, by the way. The previous season's Daenerys. Hmm. Okay. So, that should be interesting. But she loves your guy, Jamie. Oh, my gosh. Nice. <laughs> She said, "She says, um, she says his character arc is. You, you know, you guys were saying the same thing. You know, and, we don't love Jamie, right? Or she? It's just that you hate him so much that when somebody says something, no, no, I. Oh well, yeah, that's kind of true. No, I, I like. Well, I did say Jamie was my answer when we asked the question of whose arc are you most interested to see play out. Jamie was my answer. So I would say that yeah, Jamie's character that at least interests me. I wouldn't say he's a favorite character, but I'm." You know, well, we're not going to go into this again, but I'm interested to see where his arc is going to go. So, yeah, so I said, and not only her, but she said her husband doesn't like Daenerys, and neither does um, other people in her circle. And I was, like, so amazed at that. So we're going to have the interview next week. Um, so we're going to end with this question here. So, Andre, what do you expect to see next week, and where do you want the show to go next week? I think this was my answer last week, so if it was... I apologize, but if it was, it still stands. What is Bran doing? What's going on at the wall? Yes. Definitely. What is happening with the White Walkers? Like, we yeah. saw them, like, briefly in the first episode through one of Bran's, Bran's visions. We haven't seen Bran. You know, right now, obviously, he's talking to Dolores Ed. Is Bran going to go to Winterfell? What is is his powers going to be used for you know yeah. it's so critical like everyone's running around everywhere he has the ability to essentially travel through time everything else seems so like insignificant compared to that we haven't seen how it's going to impact it i i really hope next week we delve into that a little bit more yes now yeah, on Twitter, I, before you answer Diana on Twitter, yes. someone mentioned and said, When is Bran gonna crawl into one of them dragons and just take over the world? But that was yeah. that's nothing <laughs> for another day. Go ahead, Diana. <laughs> uh no, I definitely one hundred percent agree. That was gonna be my answer. I'm interested to see Bran and not just Bran, but what's going on at the wall. Uh I'm yes, I Jon Snow is at Winterfell, but what is going on at the wall? I wanna see the hound, because he's apparently on his way to the yes. wall. Or not necessarily the wall, but to possibly East Watch by East the which is what he saw in his vision. Plus the, so, the the wildlings are going there too. Right, the wildlings are going there. The hound, the Brotherhood without banners, is going there, um, and probably Bran yet to do, be de determined. And also, we haven't seen kind of any White Walkers in general, uh, so I'm kind of interested to see what's going on with the White Walkers and that whole area. How about you, John? I want to see John fight the White Walkers again. Those were some. I went back through the through these other episodes, and those were some of the most intense scenes I've seen. Where the respect they have for him, but the way he handles himself is just tremendous. So um, 
and he's the last warrior kind of standing yeah. that's still a still a guy a man's man so i want to see a lot of john um i don't want to see him bend the knee to denarius i want him to tell denarius that hey you know you need me as much as i need you there's no no one is going to bend the knee to each other this is going to be a joint effort i i, I really I, I don't want to see him become gray worm <laughs> oh my gosh oh gray my God, worm no, had one you moment let's go <laughs> here goes the war he can't have a moment with a girl i don't get it you know what i said i don't want him to go down again <laughs> like gray worm did so oh my gosh john uh what's your question again andre what else can gray worm do yeah i don't want to talk about that anymore <laughs> gray worm could could do everything that he can do. He has hands. He can use his hands as his pieces that's missing. You know, he could be more aggressive. You know, he doesn't have to be so so wimpified just because he had this surgery. He still has a heart. He still has emotions. He can he could act on that in a manly way. Just because he had this surgery, yes, I'm sure it was very. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's the surgery. So anyway, so yeah, so I'm so I'm expecting Jon Snow to be Jon Snow next week. That's what I'm looking forward to. Well, I have a feeling, unfortunately, that even even with him going to Daenerys, I think that we're not even going to get to see that next week. I think he's just going to be on the journey, you know. Like I actually would be surprised if he if he has any scenes next week because I think being that he's going to be kind of on the road to see to you know with Sir right. Davos to go pretty far to go visit Daenerys that he might be they might kind of take a break from his scenes this this next episode and focus on other stuff because he's just kind of going to be traveling you mean I think. he's not going to pull the virus where in the same episode he's on like he suddenly appears the there time. he's not gonna do that I think, I think they might end <laughs> I think they might end the episode like the big ending is like the shot of him showing up the beach at going up there yeah, yeah. Possibly. Okay. But yeah. Okay. So now that we've covered that, and and we've covered that within the forty-five minute mark, Eric, um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel good about it, and I look forward to next week. So, Andre, now it's time to drop the mic. <laughs>